Say you want to conduct a podcast on playing professional basketball overseas in Europe, what life far away from home is like, and what it takes to have a long and lasting career. Well, I found the right guy for you who, fittingly for this very first episode, earned his first stripes in Germany. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to talk about something. Something cool that we all love and enjoy. Like Something Basketball. I'm your host JB and welcome to the Something Basketball podcast where we'll bring you straight out of Germany stories from around the German leagues as well as insights from all over Europe. The Something Basketball podcast is for all the international listeners out there who are interested in what's going on basketball-wise in Europe and in Germany. I'll talk to players, coaches, executives, etc. that are willing to share their thoughts on what it's like to be a pro far away from home. Rookies, give me an idea of what you know about the German league, who you reached out to beforehand and what you might be afraid of prior to year one. Vets, spread, spread your wisdom on the overseas culture, the level of the league and what helped you have a lasting career. In basketball, everybody knows the triple threat position, shoot, pass, dribble. In our case, we'll go with summer, professionalism and destinations as keywords for the conversation with Mr. William Hatcher, who happened to start off his career in 2006 for my hometown team, Dragons Rundhoff in 2nd Division of Germany. The Flint, Michigan native went on to have an illustrious career path that led him to an overall 10 countries in 13 pro years. Germany, Romania, Czech, Cyprus, Israel, Greece, France, Belgium, Serbia and Bella Italia. Having spent the previous three seasons showcasing his talents on both the domestic level as well as in basketball Champions League, Hatcher signed with Peristeri from Greece over the summer, which will allow him to play in the highest ranked FIBA competition for a fourth consecutive time. Before we dive right into the first episode of the Something Basketball podcast, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You can find us there at Something Basketball and leave some feedback or a wish list on who to get on the show next. As for now, enjoy the conversation about choosing the right and trusting your agent, reputation and what to work on off the floor. Should be what's going on? Flint's finest. How you doing, sir? What's going on? Not much, man. I'm doing well. Mr. Yeah. William Hatcher, uh, you know, in, in Germany we got the expression you, you got to shoot, pass and dribble as a basketball player. Um, and when we talk about the Something Basketball podcast, it's not shoot, pass, dribble. In your case, it's going to be summer, professionalism and destination. And we're going to kick things off by talking about the summer of 2006. When you came straight out of college, uh, Miami, Ohio to be exact. Um, when you when you finished studying at the, at the university and turned pro that year, take us through that process and the, the, op the opportunities given for you personally that very summer uh, that led for you to, to ultimately landing in Röndorf second division and playing in Germany. Yeah. Um, so that summer, that year, I had a pretty good... Um, Senior season at Miami, Ohio. I was a uh, first team on conference. I was a uh, runner-up uh, player of the year in the Mid-American Conference. Um, my team had did well. I did. I performed pretty well personally. Uh, had some good numbers. So I think that was the year that I knew. You know, I was. I would. Um, I always wanted to play pro. You know, professionally, uh, whether it was overseas, NBA. And at the time, at that time, there was no NBA D League. So um, there wasn't a chance to, you know, maybe play in the D league for a year or two and see if, you know, get a call up or something. So it was either the NBA or, um, or Europe, um, I signed with an agent out of, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and he had pretty, he had a, a good, um, roster of guys, you know, they flew us down to Tampa, Florida, and, uh, we trained down there for six weeks. Um, and from that time we had a lot of NBA exec personnel come in and um and monitor us and evaluate us uh i know for sure um atlanta hawks were there the milwaukee bucks miami heat um and 
you know, I play, I played well. I played pretty well, but at gaining some uh, information <clears throat> from those from those uh, NBA personnel, they liked my game. They thought I was pretty. Uh, they thought I was skilled. They thought I was talented. I had a uh, had a pretty high IQ. Uh, they liked the way I shot the ball. You know, their their just biggest thing on me was um, I wasn't at that time. You know what I'm saying? The typical uh, uh, NBA point guard. Um, my game was good. But I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the most athletic. You know, if if you know the NBA game, it's just, it's a pretty athletic league, um, and it's a, and I wasn't the tallest. You know, at six one, you know, I was I'm considered a small point guard in the NBA. So, but at least they let you know. It's not unless like, they let me know, and like I appreciate they look it. Look at you and say, hey, we like this and that and that, what whatever you yeah, yeah, you bring yeah, to the yeah. table. But they don't give you the real facts that denied you from making the you know the the final step into the league. It's exactly, good exactly. that you know. Exactly, and you know, I I was happy about that. You know, I've always uh, liked guys' honesty and everything, and I, I felt like they were they were very honest with me. You know, and those are all things that I knew, you know, about my game. That wasn't something that I was, you know. You every now and then you get a player who's who's blind or naive to the fact to some of their flaws. You know, I knew, you know, I wasn't the 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 the, the fastest or most athletic, um, but you know, I was I was willing to you know try to make. Uh, capitalize on on my strengths. So knowing that, um, I always knew, you know, at that time I never knew, I didn't know that the D League was even in, in in process in the talks or would come in the next two or three years. But I always knew that you know Europe would be my market. So you know, I I, I just started um, concentrating on the uh, the European game. So um, come late, I mean, I had some, I was up for some deals in uh in some higher leagues uh maybe some some low level teams in the in the at that time it was the Bundesliga uh some low level teams in uh in France uh uh the first division like some newcomers or whatnot but um those fell through they ended up taking guys that were you know that had had some um professional uh experience on their resume and uh that would lead me to um to sign it with Rundorf I think um, the conversation I had with my agent was, you know, we looked at some guys that had came out of the Mid-American Conference um, uh, a few years before me and had went to a few uh, teams to play in the Bundesliga or went to play in some higher level uh, countries, first division, and they struggled, you know, and they didn't do well right out of the gate, which kind of kind of led their career path you know, down a different road than mine. You know, he thought it would be a good idea for me to to go to Roendorf, play in the second division. I was going to play 30 minutes per game. I was going to get a chance to 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 score, to to run a team, to um to 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 be exposed to European basketball at a professional level, um and to also be able to produce numbers and and, and get get confidence in my game. So. I think that step was big for me because it gave me a chance to immediately come in, uh, impact the team, uh, contribute to an organization that uh, that that allowed me to play and and get my confidence and get my feet wet in the uh, in European basketball. I think that maybe if I went to the Bundesliga or maybe I went to um, to, to to the first division pro A France, you know, you never know what could have happened. You know, coaches may not have, you know, I might not have. Uh, Impressed the team being a rookie out of a uh, mid 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 major college, uh, you know, could have been tough on me. You know, the adjustment could have been tough. Maybe I've been playing against uh, American guards who were six, seven, eight year pros. I could have struggled a little bit. You never know where my um, career could have ended up. So that first step was was big for me, and I'm happy I, I chose that way because it gave me, like I said, it gave me the confidence to know that you know I could okay I could play at a professional level. Um, the confidence to 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 know that I was uh, I was good enough. I think we played a tournament, uh, the first tournament there. We played against uh, Cologne, Frankfurt, and Bonn, which were three Bundesliga teams at the time. Obviously, we lost both games, but I played really well, you know, because I was I, I was confident on my, on that team, on the team that I was on, on Rundorf, and you know, I I got a chance to. To play against uh, the Demon Mallets and the Jason Gardners, and uh, those guys uh, from Cologne and uh, and um, Bond years ago. That was about 12, 13 years ago. Right. But um, I got a chance to play against those guys and, and and measure myself up against those guys. I had some pretty decent games, and that was the beginning of my European career. And um, I thought I th thought it was a good step for me. 
absolutely um but let's take us half a step back by to to when you finally made that decision yeah okay it's, it's gonna be germany it's gonna be second division how much is trusting in your agent's opinion and and trusting in whatever his network can do for you by by yeah. you know to to ultimately make the decision because it's it's going to be your signature underneath the contract yeah. um how how much is is that a factor by to you know is it is it luck or how do you how do you know that you got the the right guy who's who's you know getting in touch with all the teams for you yeah um you know that's a tough that's one of the toughest parts about the uh about the business about the industry uh is is there's so many agents you know so i mean the guy that i was with at that time you know i weren't I, i'm not with him uh currently but um at that time to be a hundred percent honest you really don't know because i i didn't know much about you know a european ball i didn't know all the markets all the different countries i didn't know you know the ranking as far as level if you want to go from number one from if you want to go from spain uh turkey germany italy you know I, i didn't know how to rank them so i didn't know where I was going really, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I didn't know, you know, I mean, I knew first division was higher than second division, but I didn't know as far as what country was the best ball. I didn't know anything at that time about Euro League, Euro Cup. I think at that year, that time it was ULEB Cup. Right. Um, and, and you got all the all the different names for all the different uh, cups that are out there. Exactly. And, and you don't know how to how to really compare. I don't know. Let's say second division in Germany to first division in Belgium. Or vice exactly. versa, exactly. Uh, and exactly. and and people, I think what people always forget is, at the time you couldn't gather too much too much information on the internet about what's going For on sure. in Europe. I mean, we're talking For about two thousand and six. It was different, so I'm not sure if Sportando exists. I think it was only Eurobasket. You know, right. it wasn't Eurobasket. Really, wasn't as advanced as it is now. So, um, so the question know, would know. be. Did you did you already know about Eurobasket in 2006? If you wouldn't know about Eurobasket.com at the time, you wouldn't have you wouldn't really have a chance unless exactly, you knew somebody exactly. who already played out there in Europe and you right. had his and phone number reason, by accident and only, so you could call him. Yes, that's the only way I knew about Eurobasket because I had a couple friends come out a few years before me and gave me a chance to keep uh keep tabs on them while I was while I was still in school. So, um You know, for me, I mean, the only way I can answer that question is as a rookie, you know, I, I, I felt like I chose the right guy. And um, so I had to trust him. You know, I trusted him, uh, you know, making a decision for me. And to be completely honest, once I got over there, um, the only reason that I felt like maybe, you know, it was a mistake, not a mistake, but maybe I'm, I wasn't in the right place was because I was playing extremely well, like, at the beginning. You know, I, I was throwing a lot of points. I, I felt like I was one of the best players in the second division, Germany. And then, right at the beginning, beginning of the season, it was a guy who came from Western Michigan, uh, played in the same conference as me, same, you know, I played him for four years. And he was from Michigan. I was from Michigan. And um, he ended up getting a job, not at preseason, but he came in a couple months later. And he got a job with Geeson, and Geeson was in the first division at that time. And me not knowing a lot about how things work, uh, I took offense to that because I felt like, okay, I was first team all Mac. You know, I was runner up player of the year. This guy maybe averaged like seven or eight points in Western Michigan. And our team, Miami Ohio, we finished way ahead of them. So I kind of rated me and him. I kind of compared myself to him, and I saw that him signing with Geeson as a as a slap in the face, like, okay, how did he get that job? You know what I'm saying? I was asking a lot of people and people, and that's when I started to understand and learn a little bit about, look, hey, sometimes, you know, your agent can get you, get you in certain places or they can, you know, they, they, they can open some doors that certain agents can or get in contact with some people, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I found out about, you know, that really that side of the, of the business. So I'm not just, I'm not going to say that my agent, at that time um uh didn't do a good enough job or didn't uh reach out you know couldn't reach out to the right places but i, I felt like that situation right there opened my eyes to okay um 
you know, you got to take this agent thing uh, uh, seriously and try to like, you know, always make sure you're making the right decision and, and seeing if you, you know, if, if, if you're getting exposed to the right, um, to the right countries or whatnot. So I think at that time, at the beginning of coming out of school as a rookie, I didn't know much about it. You know, I, I had to trust them and, you know, it turned out at the end, um, at the end of the season, I looked back at it and I said it wasn't such, it wasn't really such a bad move for me to go to Ruendorf and to start my um my my year off there because I still played well I was able to I was able to get attention of uh, of some uh some some other country, smaller countries but first division you know the Romanias the Czech Republics I got I got their attention and then from there you know I I, I continued to move higher but you know I think that first decision to go into Ruendorf it was like hey I trusted my agent and um and that's all I could do at the time, you know. I didn't know much m- anything else to do, you know. Yeah. When we talk about um coming in as a rookie in a in a completely new and, and unknown country, um has there something before you took off in the US, uh coming into Germany, was there something where you would say, Yeah, I, to be honest, I was a little bit afraid of this and that and it turned out to be the total opposite or mm-hmm. on, or put it around was there something um that that came in as whatever factor it may be that you did not have on your on your watch when when you came in yeah um you know i was never so I had never been to Europe. I had never been out of the United States, except well, obviously I went to Canada, but I had never been out of North America, you know, throughout my uh, high school and college uh, career. So the thing is, I wasn't, I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a little, I was nervous. I wasn't scared. I didn't think it would be like, oh my God, this, where am I going? This is, it could be a nightmare. What if the, what if it looks terrible over there? Or what if I just, don't know nothing or nobody wants to talk to me. I, I didn't have those, those thoughts. I was actually anxious. I was nervous, but I was anxious to get over to Europe and, and, and just see what it looked like over there. I mean, I think a lot of people who even in the States now, man, because I have a lot of friends, you know what I'm saying? Back in Flint, Michigan, a lot of people uh, in smaller cities that, that don't get a chance to travel internationally and, they have some of the most weird questions like what it look what the streets look like what the buildings look like you don't understand what i'm saying they they yeah. think like they think it's so drastically different than you the united states only because of the lack of knowledge you know their lack of uh... to, to some degree i would say yes it is <laughs> because you are in a different country people speak True. a different language but at the other but at the end of the day hey we're all human we're all For people sure. and 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 I truly believe that everybody wants everybody to to feel happy, and especially when yeah. you when you have somebody coming in from an uh, from another country, yeah, uh, you know you want them to to feel like home. You want yeah, them to have sure. a great for time, sure. even if even it, if you know, hey, maybe it's just for this very season. Maybe they're gonna extend their contract and they're gonna stay another year or maybe two more. You never yeah. know. So let's make the best out of whatever chances are given to us. That, exactly. That's, that's what that, I experienced over the years. Me too. Me too, for sure. And that was my. That's what I quickly learned once I got there. So, being nervous, I didn't know what to think. I didn't put any any uh, thoughts on you know leaving. But once I got on the plane, once I got to Germany, I quickly learned how many people uh, were there, you know, to help me and to make my experience comfortable as as comfortable as possible. And once I got there, you know, I started practicing. Uh, uh, going to my apartment, getting the car, just driving around the city, going to the grocery store, you know, after practice, maybe going to the doctor. I learned, I was like, Hey, this is, this, it's not, it's not, it's really not that bad. You know, it's regular life. Exactly. It's regular life. And I was enjoying it. And then I think after, you know, cause it takes a little while once you bring a new team together and new players and players from all over the, the continent, I mean, all over Germany and then some American players. So it took a while for, Uh, me to get really close with my teammates but the, when I say a while it was maybe only like three weeks maybe three four weeks for everyone to open up to each other and and, and, and feel comfortable in the locker room and after that you know I, I got in I got in good with some of my German teammates and they they took care of me man I, and we we hung out 
And my first, I remember my first time hanging out with uh, a couple of my German teammates, and we would go to some uh, some places for like parties and just to hang out at night. And they made sure I was I was good, man. And it was like those guys, like some of those guys, I still keep in contact with on on, on Facebook. And it's almost like like from that moment, I knew that that was going to be something that I loved about playing the game going to different countries and meeting new people and uh, developing friendships and relationships all around the world that, that you're going to be able to, 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 to have for the rest of your life. And some, some, some things, some meeting some people, some interesting people through the game of basketball that you wouldn't have ever had a chance to, had you not, you know, had the talent or had the opportunity to play professionally in Europe. So that was one of the biggest things and still is one of the biggest things that I love about, uh, still playing professionally, uh, uh, meeting people, going to new cities, and and having the opportunity to live uh, in, in in different countries and different cultures, and and establish some relationships that uh, that 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 really really honestly last a lifetime. And it's and I knew that from day one, the comfort level that I met that I had when I came to Germany, I knew that you know that that was going to be something that I uh, that I enjoyed about the uh, about the job. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to hear. Um, when, when you say that that interest in in people, um, would you agree or w would you say that this is probably one of the highest quality that that allowed you to you know bounce around through so many countries over your your career? I mean, we counted as many as ten countries, yeah, <laughs> ten different yeah. countries. Uh, would you say that that's probably the one quality that allowed you to do that? I think so. I think so for sure because um, I mean, besides besides comedy. what you bring to what you bring to yeah, the floor. for sure, for sure. I've got comedy. I think so for sure. I've got complimented by almost. But we've been if I've been to ten countries, uh, at least at least nine for sure. But I would say I would say probably ten. I got complimented from all almost every team I've been on, from the presidents to the GMs to the coaches to teammates as as being one of those high character character guys i never but i mean even even high school even college i never was a guy you know what i'm saying to cause problems i was always a guy that my teammates you know enjoyed being around because i mean i just feel like you know i i, I attribute that a lot to my a lot a lot to my parents you know the way they raised me and you know my brother and my sister and um You know, they races could be good people. And had I, and even though I had never been to Europe, never been to China, never been to uh, uh, wherever, Africa or anything, I, I never looked at myself as in I was on a, you know, any, any type of pedestal above anyone else. So going to those countries, just because I'm American, I never, I never uh, valued myself higher than anybody else that was, that was from any other country. You know, I was always interested in, you know, things that they did interested in learning words from interested in in uh in tasting some of their food you know what i'm saying talking about some of the things that, that 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 they like to talk about and and you know what i'm saying just just seeing what makes them tick every day and i think that's what uh what has helped me through the years you know what i'm saying to continue to do this obviously you know i've i've had some great years i've had some some okay years some average years but it always kept me with a job you know i know i don't think one team that i've ever played for could ever tell you that I, I was a problem, could ever tell you that they had um they had an issue with me. Any player, you know, that I that I that I played with, you know, I've never had a problem with. I know they haven't had a problem with me. I keep in contact with almost all my teammates, man, throughout the years. Whether now it's Instagram, social media has allowed us to to stay con connected to around the world. It makes the it's made the world a lot a lot smaller, you know, than it than it than it was 15, 20 years ago. So I still stay in contact, man. Whether we talk every two, three months, every two, three weeks, or every two, three days, I still talk to a majority of my teammates through through uh, these 13 years, and um, that's one thing I'm happy about. And um, I uh, I don't I don't take that lightly, you know. I I I um I value that. I value me being a high character guy and me being a good person overall going forward in the rest of my life, whatever I'm doing, whatever uh, profession it is, I value me being a good person over everything. Any other any other talent or attribute that I can bring to the table, whether it's making a jump shot, whether it's making a free throw, a three-pointer, or, 
or being the fastest or if I can dunk or if I could whatever. I value being a good person ahead of all of that. And um, I think I think that's what's being able to uh, keep me going so long. Obviously, you know, it, 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 it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of God's favor. You know what I'm saying? Keeping me healthy, um, keeping me um, keeping my body uh, 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 running well. But at the end of the day, if you're a good person, good things happen to you. You know, you can you could you could do anything for a long time. Absolutely right, especially in, in in this very business where there's always younger kids coming into, uh, you know, the the whole pool of of ball players that that want to play yes. overseas. Uh, yes. And if it was and if it wasn't for that high character, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to, or I believe, wouldn't be able to 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 last that that long as a as a professional in in this very business. Um, sp speaking of of those. All those those teams that you you played on, uh, obviously, Greece, I believe, has a might have a special place uh, in your heart mm -hmm. because you you've been mm -hmm. with Pauk uh, three times, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, now with uh, Peristeri for the the nineteen twenty season, mm -hmm. located in Greece as well. Um, mm -hmm. As as somebody who's who's bounced around all over Europe so much, um, is is this something? that just happened or was it by design or tell me I, a little bit about this i mean okay. I, know, i know i know for, for, for a fact that uh, you, you can't always pick and choose where to go next as a basketball yeah. player but yeah. um at, at the end at the end of the day if let's say you make a you play in, in one country one year and you know it's a bad it's just a bad yeah. situation. It's just a bad year. And you say, Hey, my agent, I don't want to go to that country anymore. It's been an experience. We've been there, mm -hmm. we've been there, done that, but you know, now we're going to go somewhere else. Uh, mm -hmm. Take me through that. So that's interesting because I, I, I've, I've told this story <laughs> a lot uh, throughout, you know what I'm saying? My years of playing ball. So um, my whole thing was, so through the 10 countries, you know, that I've played on, played with, you know what I'm saying, on these different teams, I can honestly say at least six of them, at least six out of ten, maybe even higher. Um, I would say, so obviously, uh, Rondorf was my start. Um, then I went to Romania. So Romania makes one. Then I went to Czech Republic for three years. That makes two. Then I went to Cyprus. That makes three. Uh, then we got Israel. Yeah. Then Israel, I went there for the, for the, just for the playoffs. So I was only there for two months. Um, so does it count or not? Count. It counts. I won't count. I won't <laughs> count them. I'm, I'm 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 gonna get to it shortly. So I make th that makes three. Uh, after Israel, I went to Greece. So Pauk, obviously, I went back to Pauk. So that makes four. Uh, after Pauk, I went to La Havre. I won't count. I won't count them. Uh, then I went to Belgium. I won't count them. Then I went back to Pauk. Then I went to Partizan. That makes five. Uh, uh, then I went to Italy to Sassari. Uh, won't count them. Then I went to back to Pauk, and that makes yeah, that makes them good. So I would say at least six times out of those 10 countries, I've been asked to, to sign back to sign uh contracts at the end of the season to come back. So, um, my thing with that is when I started. Obviously, I was a mid-major guy. I didn't come from the high-major uh, uh, colleges, Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, any, or whatever, Kansas, Michigan, any any big bigger conferences, high-major uh, uh, conferences. So I've always I've always had to prove myself. I always had a, had a chip on my shoulder. I always believed by time I was a senior. Obviously, when I came in, you know, I don't knock anybody and say, hey, I should have went to Michigan State. I should have went to Kentucky or I should have went to – to Alabama or something like that. When I was a freshman, when I was a senior in high school, I wasn't good enough to go to those schools. You know, I've always been like, I've always been honest with myself as a player, as a person. So I've, ne I've never said, Hey, I should be playing here. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I wasn't good enough to go to the Michigan States or the Kentuckys or Kansas as, as a senior in high school, you know? So I developed, I mean, that, attribute myself i developed myself into a really good player by the time my senior year i was a unanimous pick for first team i played against alabama had some had had, had 19 points i played against michigan i played against the xavier's uh, uh maryland all the big teams and got nothing but 
praise from all the big coaches. Uh, uh, when I played against Alabama, a co- head coach told me and, and when we shook hands, hey, you could, you could start for any team in the SEC. So that was my senior year of college. You know, but I developed myself through the years into that player, you know, working through the seasons, working in the summer times. And that's one thing that I carried over to, into my professional career is that I believed I needed to get better every single year. And I also believe that every single year I deserved better, you know, whether it was a contract, whether it was a, a jump in country and, and level of league. Uh, I, I, that's what I that's what I always believed. So that's where I came from. So going into Europe, from my first year to second to third, probably between my first five years, that gave me a chance to understand European basketball. It gave me a chance to understand the levels. It gave me a chance to understand the different countries, the, the, the system, the cups, the EuroLeague, the ULEB Cup. The, the, uh, at that time, it was the uh, uh, Euro Challenge. Right. Um, it, gave me a, it gave me a chance to understand those different things and those different uh, aspects about European basketball thoroughly. So I was able to always set goals for myself and believe like, okay, by the time I was like three years into Europe, I, w- I had had everything down because I wasn't watching so much, uh, so much NBA basketball. I, I knew Europe was my market. And Europe was going to be where I made my career and made you know my money. That I started to say, okay, I started to watch so much Euroleague and, 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 and learn things just by watching those players, those guards, and things that they did, and try to go to practice and do it myself. Um, that I would set goals for myself, like okay, by by this year, I want to be able, I want to reach Euro Challenge, and I reached it for the first time when I got to Cyprus. We played Euro Challenge. That's when I got to play against Pole. Paul, Paul, the team in from France, um, yeah. got to play against Zonai from Hungary. Who else was in our group? I can't remember who else it was, but you know that was my first time. Yeah, but, but Euro Challenge travel. was was somewhat loaded back in the days. Yes, exactly, exactly. Had a really good team, so I got a t- chance to, to 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 travel and be experienced. I mean, and get experience in a uh, international play in Europe. So I, I was like, okay, after that, I want to be able to play Euro Cup. And you know, I reached that for the first time when I went when I went to uh to Chalawa in uh in Belgium. But anyways, every year I felt like I wanted to move up in salary and in competition wise. So that was one of the main factors that played into um into moving around so much because a lot of times you know some some of the teams that I I, I went to they were they were like stepping stones for me. Like say I went to a team that maybe I was making like. 60 70,000 or you know in order for me to sign back I, I couldn't sign back for 100 their budget was 60 70,000 I would have to be comfortable with that same salary you know what I'm throughout the years a lot some guys do and some guys you know I mean some guys just just say hey I'm comfortable I like it here 70 75,000 is enough for me I'll make that for the next eight or nine years and I'll be fine you know but for me I was just always ambitious you know I I, I If it happened that hey I end up, ended up climbing the ladder and making a million, cool. But if if it didn't, I just always I always needed to feel like I was taking a step forward. Right. And that that that's just always been a part of my personality, and I think that's what has what what has made me you know bounce around from country to country. So you know I and I felt like through the years, I've always progressed, and obviously I'm on the back end. I'm I'm, I'm towards year 14 of my career, so now. I'm comfortable, and now I'm, I'm able to say, "Hey, I can level out. This is my level. This is what I'm comfortable with, salary-wise. I'm, I just want to be in a nice place. Obviously, I'm going to Peristeri, which is in Athens. I want to be in a place where I'm, I, I, I love it. I enjoy living there. Life is good. So that's what I want to do to finish my career. But I know for those first 10, 11 years, I always felt like, "Hey, I need." To, I always need to be moving forward. I need to take the next step. Where can I go now? I had this good season here. Where can I go now? What's the next thing for me as as far as progression wise? So, I feel like if you look at my resume, it was always going. It was always going in a in a a diagonal upward, you know, uh, uh, angle. And I mean, I was able to get to Euro Challenge, and I got the Euro Cup, and then I went to Partizan and played a amazing Champions League for the past three seasons, right? Exactly. So once I got the Partizan, I played an amazing season. And then Dynamo Sassari came calling and I had an okay season. I got injured at the beginning of the year. I had an okay season there, but I felt like I got to that point 
because I, you know, I was always ambitious. And, and being ambitious also made me work harder because I knew I wanted to take a step up. I knew I had to be, you know, ready for that challenge to, to, to take the step up from the Euro Challenge to the Euro Cup to, to Partizan to Serie A in Italy. So I worked hard every year, man. And that was that was my thing as far as um as far as why I bounced around. Because like I said, at least six of those teams I was always asked to come back. And you know, I always contemplated like, hey, you want I I would love to go back. I had a good year. I I, I like living here, but maybe, what's maybe next? there's it, something it, something more out there for me. Maybe there's something more, exactly. So, yeah. you know, I mean it, it, is it is it right to have that mentality? I don't know. I don't Absolutely think it's wrong. right. I mean at the end yeah, of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's it's you as a person who's who's gotta live with the decision that you make. For sure, for sure. So, so I never, it I is never absolutely right. You, you can go, you can say, hey, I want to I wanna stay over there where I'm super comfortable, sign for mm -hmm. the same amount of money, mm -hmm. or go out there, go for maybe the, the bigger paycheck or for the higher league or whatever exactly. it may be. But exactly. hey, if things go wrong, if things go southward, if you're not good enough for that level, maybe, yep. hey, you'll get a shitty contract in two years to come. Exactly, so exactly. So it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, I believe it's, it's, At your own risk, if you will. For sure, for sure, definitely. So nobody, so nobody can can argue about you making this or that decision because it's it's for your personal best interest, and nobody can take that away from you. Yes, exactly. So that was that was my thinking. That was my mindset. You know, what I'm saying throughout my career, and um, I mean, I think it paid well. I'm happy. I'm extremely happy with um with um with what I've done with whatever I've been able to accomplish. You know, maybe a few. I mean, I mean, I think I think in life, everybody has has decisions that they feel like, oh, I should have made this one or maybe I should have did that. I, I, that's just that's normal. You know, I think that's human nature. You know what I'm saying? When you look back on some decisions that you've made, but it's also part of life and part of growing and part of going through life. You're going to make some decisions that maybe you could have chose the other or maybe you could have went a, a different way. You know, I, I have a couple of those in my in my um, in my career. You know, I think maybe if I, I think maybe because I had an amazing season, my first season in check, I think. But at that time, I was comfortable with making, you know, what I'm saying solid money. Right. But after that, third, I, I, if I had to go back, I wouldn't have stayed three years in Czech Republic. You know, I stayed there three years only because of comfort. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. I, I enjoyed my time there. You know, what I'm saying I ended up staying three weeks. I mean, three years. Maybe it was a little bit too long. And maybe it wasn't, but maybe it, it was it, because it, it, at the end of the day, you know, going going out of check, you went to, to Cyprus, played for Krasnos, yes. played in Euro Challenge, went on to play yep. for the playoffs in uh, in, in, in Hapoel Gilboa, yep. uh, went on to, to Greece the, the next year. So maybe it has been the right uh, decision. Yeah, but for sure. I, th I think know, at, I mean, the, I at the like... end of the day, when you, when you think about what you did in, in previous years, about when you think back and then um, rewind the decisions that you made, that's a luxury problem because you had sure. all those options i think it's sure. at the end of the day you will never know you know that's is it saying. is it what, yeah. could i could have signed there but i signed over there so yeah we will yeah. never ever know and at the end of the day sure. i truly believe it i mean yeah it could have turned out to be better but yeah it could have but it could have turned, turned out, out to be worse way worse way worse exactly you, and, exactly. and, that, and that's, so that's one thing you always got to keep in mind as as well That yes, um, sure. you know your your own master of whatever decisions you make, and yes. um, you know it's it's a beautiful thing if you really have all those options. For sure, for because sure. there are so many people out there in whatever profession it is that they that they have, is they don't have that those opportunities. They don't have exactly. the options to go. Hey, Bean, where you want to go next this year? You exactly, want to go to play exactly. play in Czech? Want to play in Romania? Want to play somewhere else? What's it gonna be? What yeah, you got to do sure. is pick and choose. So, for sure. For at sure, the end definitely. of the day, I truly believe it's it's a beautiful thing, and and you earned that by by playing yourself into that that role and and showing that high character and and being um, s still being sexy for teams, if you will. Definitely, 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 for sure. So I'm happy. I'm happy. At the end of the day, like you said, I mean, going through the process, you may you may think about it, but at the end of the day, when you really sit down and think about what what went on and where you are, what point you're at. I'm extremely happy at the point that I'm at for sure. Yeah. But for, for the final question, um, coming back to, to uh, what you mentioned by, by making the decisions that you actually made over, over all those years, um, mm -hmm. at what point 
uh, during your career, would you say, yeah, by then I was an expert on, on in the field of European basketball. By then I really understood and I really knew how things work in European mm -hmm. basketball. Was it was it that Karavno's year, 11-12, or was it somewhat later when you, when you came to Pauk, or what was it? I think, yeah, I think... Hmm. You know what? I would say by because after I went so Karamnos and then I went to uh to Israel for the playoff. That was my first time moving to a separate team during the season. Right. So then the next year I went to Greece. And I feel like at that time that was my highest level playing. So I was in first division of Greece. I was playing with Paul. You know what I'm saying? I was I was playing in a league with two powerhouses, with Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. So I was very, very uh, uh, excited about that. That was going to be my first time being able to really match up. I had never played against any EuroLeague teams, you know, um, um, up to that point. So I was extremely excited for that going into that season. And that was my highest um, level I had reached at the time, my first year of Pau. Um And I put so much pressure on myself, so much pressure on myself, man, to perform and to, to, to show that I was, you know what I'm saying, deserving to be to be there and deserving to uh to play at that level. And I started, I started really well. But then I went for the first three or four games, I started really well. So I'm I'm just I'm just putting it into uh uh context because I think two years after that is when I really learned, like, okay, I know almost everything it is to know about this, about European basketball. So That season, I played really well for the first three or four games. I get hurt. I broke my hand in practice. And the day I broke my hand, I had got an offer from a team. I had got an offer from Nimberg, and I had got an offer from a team in Turkey. This is only three games into the season. And the offer from the team in Turkey was the highest money I had ever heard, like, from myself, you know what I'm saying, of making. Okay. But I couldn't take it because I had just got hurt. So I was out four to five weeks uh, uh, from breaking my hand. It was either my hand or my thumb. I couldn't remember. But anyways, so that happened to me. I came back. I struggled a little bit right after um, I got I got injured. Um, and we were still winning. You know, we had a pretty good team. I struggled a little bit that year. But by the end, my teammate Donnie McGrath ended up leaving going to Zagiris. And then I picked it up. I picked up the slack for like the last two months and played amazing the last two months of the season. Then the next year, I went to La Havre in France, and we were one of the newcomers, like one of the low, low-level teams, low-budget teams of uh, Pro A. So that was another experience for me being on a team like that, that 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 hovered at the bottom of the league. We had to, uh, we fought tooth and nail all the way to like the last two games for us to remain in the division. So that was an experience for me. I didn't, I didn't, I ne had never been on a team like that. And then the next year, coming off that season where we had the bottom of uh, Pro A, I went to Shallow really, really late. Like in October, they had, they had already started the season. It was like one game in to replace a guy who got hurt. And that was a different, that was a new, a new situation for me. And then I just, you know, I was on the team. Once he, once the guy came back, Xavier Dowdell, matter of fact, that's his name, he came back. I was playing a bag up role, like a, a, a role player role that really, didn't suit me really i had never played that type of role coming off the bench maybe playing like 16 minutes per game so going through those three seasons i felt like from pout playing you know getting hurt and playing and getting offered from you know bigger teams and big money to going to uh uh france and playing on a team that was at the bottom of the league and we had to fight just to stay in the pro a and then going to that team uh playing that role i think those were the final three things that i had to experience to understand like, Hey, I've almost been in every single, every type of role on a European team, you know, from being on a team that, at that, the team at the bottom. That completed the, the bigger picture. That so com exactly. That completed the whole cycle of, of, of what I needed to learn and to get through and to experience to be like, Hey, I've almost been everywhere to be able to, to when I talk to guys about European ball or when I'm in a locker room with younger guys, because I'm 34, I go into locker room with guys that are 23, 24, 25, to be able to give them some insight, those three years completed a cycle for me. So I can tell them now, hey, look, I've been on a team. I've been on teams that have been at the bottom of the league. I've been on teams to where I wasn't playing much and I had to play a, a, a role, play a role to where I had to always be ready to come off the bench and, and, and not be upset 
you know what I'm saying, at my role, maybe thinking I deserved more. Uh, and as being on a team to where I had to navigate through outside factors, you know what I'm saying, you're getting, oh, man, such and such, want to want to give you this money. Uh, uh, you, 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 something, you might be able to go here, go there, and still be able to produce and play well. And um, so I've been through all the different situations and also being a, a, a leader on a team, leading scorer, uh, uh, playing the most minutes, and being the man who gets all the attention. So I've been in almost every position to where by the time I was done with Shalawa, I was like, okay, I think I've completed the cycle of where, you know, I know about European basketball. I know how it works. I know how coaches think, the the, 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 the GMs, like, you know, when they're under pressure, when we're losing, uh, the pressure they're under. Like, I just knew, you know, the politics of the game and everything. And that was, that was one of the things where by that time, you know, I knew how everything worked. You know, I was pretty – I think at that time you could call myself – I literally was able to call myself a vet, a veteran. When you call yourself a vet, that means you <laughs> – you made it. That you doesn't know, necessarily been, mean you're you're uh, thirty plus. Doesn't years necessarily of age. mean you're old. <laughs> Just mean you've been through a lot. You've seen a lot. You witnessed a lot. You're wise. You're wise to the game, you know, and wise to different experiences and different situations. Yeah. Um, to close this one out, Bean, um, when you're headed to to Paris Terry um, mm -hmm. in, in in a couple of weeks, couple of days, um, for your 14th pro uh, pro year. And mm -hmm. let's say a rookie walks into the locker room, mm -hmm. sees you sitting there in the corner, you know, the quiet vet. Um, mm -hmm. probably, I, probably ice on my knees. <laughs> even before practice? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's got to be ice all Okay, day. okay, okay. Not before, before. <laughs> um, and, and let's say, you know, he's, not, he's shy, but not too shy. And he approaches you and says, hey, Mr. Hatcher, pardon the interruption. Could I gather and, and grab just one tiny piece of advice for for my pro career what would it be i mean i tell i say this all the time i tell them i tell players all the time before i mean i don't i don't really even like i've had that situation happen to me whether it's a rookie that coming out of college or a rookie who played g league for a few years and then came over And they, you know, we had we just have a sit down and talk. And I tell them throughout the years, I said, listen, this is my 14th year playing. I've seen a lot of players come and go. Some that were like really good names out of college. Some that were that, that had really good years, maybe over in Europe or wherever. Names that are, are, are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty common. And I've seen him go only to disappear. And then in a couple of years, you ask, like, man, where's such and such? Do he still play? I mean, is he has did he retire? Uh, did he get injured or, so, or or whatnot? And you come to find out, you know, they just they just weren't high character guys. They 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 were hard to work with. They were hard to coach. You know, they weren't open to to um to living in different countries. They thought everything. Well, uh, they 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 complained about the food. They complained about living in certain certain places the way life is over there, they just complained about a lot of things they just weren't open to 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 the european life and i tell them all the time i say hey the number one thing i would tell you is protect your reputation and protect your character by by being a good person and being coachable and being a good teammate Those three things will take you a long way in European basketball because if if you're a good person, you don't even have to open your mouth. It, your mouth it, it, it is written on you, the way you carry yourself, the way you walk into a room, you know, the smile you have on your face. People are going to automatically know what type of guy, you know what I'm saying, they get uh, by your body language. If you're able to be coached, by, you can play for anybody. You can play in any country, you know, because you're going to have coaches – that love to scream. You're going to have coaches that don't say much, that, that love to practice two times every day for three hours. You're going to have coaches that, you know, that have so many different philosophies and different uh, ways that they, they coach the game. And if you could, if you're able to be coached, you can play anywhere and for anybody. And if you're a good teammate, you're going to fit into any system. You're going to fit into any roster with different types of guys 
that uh that brings so many different personalities. I mean, going through 14 years, I mean, I've been in locker rooms with so many different personalities. But if you're a good teammate with a good character, you can fit with any roster. So I think those three things are the most important things outside of ball, outside of being able to play and having a good, you know, having a good skill set and having a good game. Those three things can carry you a long way and keep you with a job for a long time. And um, if you can do that and protect your, 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 your character and your reputation, never, never give anybody the chance to be able to say that you were a problem or that you caused, you know, you caused some, some, some dis some disarray in the locker room between team with, with other teammates. You didn't get along or, you know, you, you had always had something to say back to the coach and, you know, you didn't, you got into it, arguments, screaming, shouting with the coach. I've never, ever, ever spoken back to a coach. I still, I still approach and, and speak to my coaches. Yes, coach. Yes, sir. If you ask something like, yes, sir. Yes, I got it. You got it. You got it. Whatever you want, all that. I still say, all those things, just because that's the way, you know, I, I believe, you know, the game is. You have a coach, you got a player. I'm the player. He's the coach. And, I mean, I, 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 whatever he wants, that's what I'm going to do, try to execute at the at, to the best of my ability. So, if you're able to have a good character, man, be a good person, be coachable, and be a good teammate, you can go a long way. And you can play a long time anywhere in Europe. And um, that's something I've been able to do. And that's something that I uh, hope to continue to do, playing ball. My next few years, whenever I finish and hope to continue to do in life, you know, to take take with me going forward and whatever, uh, whatever endeavors is in my are in my future. number one of the Something Basketball podcast featuring Flynn's finest William Hatcher. A special shout out goes to Bean himself for taking the time and sharing a veteran's view on numerous topics. Before I let you go, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Something Basketball and feel free to leave some feedback on whatever platform you've been listening to this episode. Until then, substitution, I'm out.